The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we'll talk about the NFL news that has been breaking all week long. We'll preview Chiefs, Texans, and we'll also preview the entire divisional round. This is the final show before the Chiefs playoff run, so let's get excited about that. First and foremost, though, let's talk about the NFL news. Staying on the Chiefs front to start things off, Eric Bieniemy gets overlooked again. The Giants hire Joe Judge, a 38-year-old special teams coach and a wide receiver coach under Saban and Bill Belichick. If you got the Bleacher Report notification and saw the Giants hire Joe Judge, I know your reaction was, who? Because that was everyone's reaction to Joe Judge. It sounds like a made-up name. It sounds like whenever you go on to Madden and create a player, it's just the auto-fill-in name before you put your own name in there. I can't believe this hire specifically, but let's move on for a second. The Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, and the Panthers hired Matt Rule. The Browns are the only team left in need of a head coach. Let's start positive. I love the Matt Rule hire in Carolina. I think what Matt Rule brings is a culture. He gets the best out of players, and he has at Baylor. I know that the NFL is not college football. I know that the NFL is not the Big 12. But the way Matt Rule was able to win at a high level with the players that he got that weren't very talented, that weren't of size of competitive college football players, the undersized, untalented players that he turned into guys that can win 11 games is something that can translate to the NFL when you're working with, of course, better athletes. The way that he mixes and matches players in different positions and what they originally thought that they would play to get the best out of them is awesome. His culture is something I think that can translate to the NFL. It's not something that's limited to just college football players. I think Nick Saban is a guy who has shown you his system is limited to college football players because he likes to have the power. And in the NFL, you don't have that power. You're not above somebody. In fact, a lot of the times you're below your star players. Matt Rule was always a guy who was on par with his players, a a player coach, a guy who can establish a firm culture but can also relate to his players. And I think that he's going to be the best hire of this offseason. Matt Rule is going to be the best coach of this bunch. Mike McCarthy was an uninspired hire, I think, for Dallas. You move on from Jason Garrett to get older Jason Garrett, I think. I don't think Mike McCarthy's that big of an upgrade, if at all, from Jason Garrett. Maybe he's changed. Maybe he's truly taken this year off and and really revamped himself. I don't think that that's the case. I think this is another uninspired hire that's going to fail. Give it two or three years. He's going to be out as Dallas head coach. And finally, Joe Judge. 
The Giants hire Joe Judge, a 38-year-old who coached failed wide receivers, a decent at best special teams, and coached under Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. He got hired over Eric Bieniemy, And this is where the problem lies. Mike McCarthy, okay, fine. I understand why he gets picked over Eric Bieniemy. He's a guy who's won the Super Bowl before. You feel like you have a Super Bowl-ready roster. You feel like you're trying to get over the, over the hump and make that push. And you don't want to risk it with Eric Bieniemy Because, frankly, we don't know if Eric Bieniemy will be a good coach or not. So instead of taking that risk, you view it as a safer route to go with Mike McCarthy. A guy who's proven he can at least get to a conference championship. He can at least get to the Super Bowl, and he can win a Super Bowl. Now, if I was in the hiring position of the Dallas Cowboys, I would have taken the chance on Eric Bieniemy Because of that upside, I love the upside of Bieniemy. I love the fact that Nagy has shown he's a good coach, despite Mitch Trubisky being terrible. He's shown he's a good coach. I love the fact that Doug Peterson has shown he's a good coach. Neither one of those guys called plays, by the way. So that knock on Eric Bieniemy is idiotic. You can say that Matt Nagy called the final five games. We don't know what he did and what he didn't do. We know what Andy Reid tells us. And frankly, Andy Reid tells us that Eric Bieniemy calls all the good plays and Andy Reid calls all the bad plays. Do you believe that too? Andy Reid has never given up play calling duties. I don't care what he says to the media. That's just the truth. You can look at him on the sidelines and see he's calling the plays, and whenever the team goes on defense, he's on the bench with your quarterback talking over the plays. He's not even focusing on what's happening on the field. So, no, Doug Peterson did not get to call plays. No, Matt Nagy did not get to call plays. Matt Nagy had a bit more leeway than any coach ever has under Andy, I think. But, I think the the end-all, be-all decision is still Andy Reid, and has always been Andy Reid. But those two guys still got to learn under him just like Eric Bieniemy has. So they should all be given the same opportunity. Now what if Eric Bieniemy is, is just failing in the interview? We don't know that. But I don't think that there's a possibility that that's happening. I don't even consider that to be a relevant or interesting topic. First of all, we're not going to know if he's good or bad at interviews. Frankly, we're not. But I find it very hard to believe that Eric Bieniemy, who is a well-spoken guy, a guy that gets the best out of his players, a guy that that really is the raw-raw guy for the Chiefs. He's, a, he's the guy who does all the things that you need to do that Andy Reid doesn't do. He, he gets the guys fired up. He, he gives them tough love. He relates to them. And Andy Reid goes up and draws plays and calls plays. So he's obviously a good speaker. He's obviously a guy who can make people buy in and believe in him. So how is he feeling the interviews? On top of that, of course he's learning from Andy Reid. So he's got the football side of it down too. So what is it about Eric Bieniemy that he keeps getting passed over for these jobs? Again, I don't think it's the interview. I don't think that it's relevant about the play calling because, frankly, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy didn't play call either. 
and Joe Judge hasn't play called. There's no plays for wide receiver coach. There's no elaborate special teams play that the Patriots pull off that no one else has. I'd say special teams plays are are uniform throughout the league. Everyone runs the same stuff. He's not calling anything special. And he's 38 years old. Eric Bieniemy is, I think he's like 50 years old. So he has more experience. He's been around the game longer. Not that it matters, but he's accomplished more as a player too. I've never heard of Joe Judge. I've heard of Eric Bieniemy well before he got hired by the Chiefs. But again, the player side of it doesn't matter. I mean, most good players suck at being coaches. But it's just the fact that he's been around the game so long. So what does it come down to? The most idiotic point I heard made was by Bob Fesco of 610 Sports Radio when he said, oh, it's because that these teams want someone ready to go right now. What are you talking about? You can say whatever you want. You can have whatever point you want, and I want to hear it, at Ryland underscore Styles on Twitter. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I want to hear why you think Eric Bieniemy hasn't been hired. But the one reason I will not tolerate, I'll tolerate whatever you want to throw at me, and we'll have a discussion about it. I'll, I'll message you back. I'll I'll mention you back. I'll, I'll, I'll quote, you, quote your tweet and, and talk to you about it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But the one thing I won't talk about is Fesco's point of, they want guys who can start today. That's such bullcrap. I mean, that's a load of horse hockey. They want guys who can start today. What are they going to do? The new league year hasn't even started yet. You, you, Okay, so you can sign future contracts for practice squad guys who won't make a dent in the NFL their entire career. Sorry about you guys who are you know, looking for future contracts that might be listening to this. You're not good enough, so you signing a future contract means nothing. That's all you can do right now. You think Eric Bieniemy hasn't already taken a look at the draft? Or at least haven't read the information handed to them by the scouts of the Chiefs? He knows about the draft. He knows everything that's going in there. He has an, he has an idea of what he wants a team that he is the head coach of to look like. What can he do today? You think Matt Rule, after his after his press conference this afternoon, went to his office and started hammering away plans to get the Panthers back to a Super Bowl? No. He's somewhere in Cabo. He's hanging out, waiting for free agency to start. Want to start today. Give me a break. That 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 right there, that point made by Bob Fesco was simply him trying to think of anything else that it could be besides race. And I know that because his producer, Ryan Wachowski, brought up the race factor in this. And Bob Fesco adamantly, adamantly dismissed it. As if Wachowski was stupid for even bringing it up. As if Ryan Wachowski was an idiot for even thinking about race in the situation. I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But don't come up with just crap to diverge us from the conversation. Mike McCarthy got hired because he's friends with Jerry Jones 
and because he's been there before. NFL loves retreads. Sadly, you can't be a retread until you get your first shot, and Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten his first shot yet. Matt Rule was hired because he's a young, up-and-coming head coach who shows a ton of upside, a ton of potential, and he also has the track record of being a head coach. Who knows why Joe Judge was hired? I mean, Andy Reid disciples have a better track record than Bill Belichick disciples, and surely have a better track record than Nick Saban disciples. Who does Nick Saban have? He's a fine head coach. Jeremy Pruitt? Who lost to Georgia State at Tennessee? Kirby Smart? Who chokes games left and right? Those are the two guys that Nick Saban has that are really something. And Bill Belichick guys always fail. Patricia sucks. Now Flores is a good coach. I am excited for what Brian Flores is doing in Miami. That's one. Andy Reid has about 20. Half the league is about Andy Reid guys who are successful. Not just Andy Reid guys, they're successful. So clearly Andy Reid is doing something right. And whatever recommendation Joe Judge has, a recommendation from Andy Reid should mean a lot more than whatever Joe Judge has and whoever the Browns are going to hire. Because it's clear the Browns aren't going to hire Eric Bieniemy either. It's just a little bit disheartening that Eric Bieniemy can't get a look, can't, can't not get his first shot. It's weird to me. Why do you think that is? I want to know from you, the fans out there listening, why do you think Bieniemy keeps getting overlooked? One more stupid point is that well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he didn't get a job because he doesn't need to be distracted. Okay, it can't go both ways. Those same people who said that last week are now saying, well, he doesn't call plays anyway. He doesn't do anything. That's why he didn't get a job. Well, if he doesn't do anything and he doesn't call plays, then what does it matter if he's distracted? I think he's very important to this team. He's very important to the players for sure. But at the end of the day, if he got hired on Tuesday by the Panthers... I would not be changing my prediction for the game on Sunday because it all comes down to Andy Reid, and we've known that. It was like that in Philadelphia, and it's like that in Kansas City. So to talk about how you don't want distractions is just stupid as well. But nonetheless, it's over and done with. Let me know what you think about Eric Bieniemy and why he didn't get hired. I don't think it's racism. I think it is a race-driven decision. I also think it's just a... A familiarity. I mean, Mike McCarthy is a guy who looks like Jerry Jones, a guy who looks like the kind of guy Jerry Jones wants. Joe Judge. Matt Rule. So there's a there's race involved in it. I don't think that they're outright racist. But it's it's really making you wonder why Eric Bienme cannot break through. If 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 he has all those qualifications, he's the offensive coordinator of a good offense. He has the backing of Andy Reid. He has the experience. He has everything that you need to be a head coach. Why can't he get a job then? The only thing left is the interview, which, again, how do you look at Eric Pimmy and think that he's failing the interview? Makes you think. It really makes you think. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. I think that Eric Bieniemy will eventually get a head coaching job, but it's it's weird that it didn't happen this year. Whenever he got passed over last year, I thought, okay, 
know, he'll get passed over. The Jets will go hire Adam Gase instead of him. And now he'll get his he'll, he'll get his shot this year. If it doesn't happen next year, there is something totally wrong with the system. There is something that really needs to be investigated. If he can't get a job next year, because if Eric Bieniemy, with the qualifications he has, cannot get a shot in the NFL, cannot get a sniff of a head coaching job in the NFL, he's it's not that he's not even getting hired. He's not even on the short list of candidates that they were considering hiring. If he can't even get a sniff, there's something totally wrong with the system. It's weird. It's a weird situation. Last NFL news, Tua Tagovailoa enters the NFL draft. Not a concern for Kansas City, but it's still interesting to talk about. We'll talk about this all offseason with my guy, Arrowhead Tom. He'll come on and join me for about four or five draft episodes throughout this offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun. We were talking about that, Tom and I were, uh, the other day. We're excited for what we have planned for you guys in the offseason. But hopefully the offseason is delayed by a month and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and hopefully winning the Super Bowl. But it starts on Sunday at 2.05 in Kansas City. First things first, this game is on CBS with Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call. So we got bailed out there, the best broadcast crew you could possibly get. They're not going to annoy you. But the, the, the highest order of business, the best situation for this is the fact that there are yellow end zones for Sunday. I love this throwback look. I love the feel that they're going with for the playoffs. That's going to be awesome. The yellow end zones are back. The helmet logo at midfield is back. The playoffs are back. And let's see what the Chiefs can do on Sunday. Travis Kelsey was on the injury report with a sore knee after Andy Reid said everyone's healthy, which was kind of funny. But it's just a sore knee. It's no big deal, and he's going to play on Sunday. The Chiefs are currently favored by our friends at the Action Network by 9.5. Them and the Ravens are the two biggest spreads of the weekend at minus 9.5. High line for the playoffs, but it's clear that, that everyone predicts the Chiefs to win this game, and the Chiefs are the better team they should win this game. I know what you're thinking about Week 6. It doesn't matter. I don't want to hear anything about Week 6 the rest of this week. It's stupid to bring it up. Mahomes was hurt. Hill was not right. Jones was out. Frank Clark was banged up and still not playing well at all. He had the neck injury that we later found out about. Watkins was out. Hitchens was out. Hitchens is a, is a captain on this defense. He was out. Wiley was out. Eric Fisher was out. They had 11 penalties, two turnovers, and a ton of sloppy plays. That's not going to happen again. You add Chris Jones and a healthy Frank Clark and Terrell Suggs to this front seven against that terrible offensive line, they're going to have a field day against the Texans on Sunday. They're terrible up front, the Texans are. The Chiefs are elite up front. That's going to be the difference in this football game, I think. My biggest thing, though, is Travis Kelsey needs to step up. We've seen him in the playoffs and in big games and in big moments, time and time again, come up short. I think that this is his best opportunity with a mediocre at best linebacking core of the Texans, a banged up defense of the Texans, to have a breakout game on a big stage. I think that he has a huge game, goes for, you know, a touchdown, maybe even two, uh, and about 100 yards, and, and you know, he, he really makes an impact on this football game. So what are the keys to the game? I really think that the only keys to the game is to get to Deshaun Watson and disrupt that offense, 
which should be easy given your defensive line and their offensive line. And also score fast, score early, and keep scoring. Do not let off the gas pedal. I wrote about this all year long, including recently on arrowheadaddict.com, about the Chiefs not sweeping the leg. The Chiefs need to keep their foot on the gas and score, score, score until the clock hits zero. Keep running your offense the same exact way, no matter if your lead is one point or 28 points. Keep running your offense. So many blown leads for Andy Reid throughout his history as a coach. So many blown leads for the Chiefs throughout their history as a franchise, especially in the playoffs. Keep scoring. Dominate your opponent. It's okay to do that. So how do the Chiefs lose this game? If you can't tell by by the show earlier this week and me right now, I think that the Chiefs are better in every area. They have the better quarterback. They have the better offensive line. They have the better defensive line. They have the better wide receivers. They have the better safeties. They have the better cornerbacks. They have the better linebackers. I think that running backs is a toss-up. I think they're about even. I think the way Damian Williams is playing right now and the way Carlos Hyde is playing right now, they cancel each other out, so I don't even consider running backs. The Chiefs have the better tight end. They're better at every facet of the game. The better coach, the better coaching staff. So how can they possibly lose this game? They're nine and a half point favorites, and they're at home. Is if they beat themselves. Turnovers. Penalties. Getting conservative. Playing sloppy. Drop passes. Playing outside of themselves. The only way the Chiefs lose this game is if they beat themselves. The Texans cannot come into Kansas City and cannot win a game. They are not capable of going to Arrowhead and winning the game. The only way they come away on the right side of the scoreboard is if you, the Kansas City Chiefs, beat yourself. If you have two turnovers, if you have 11 penalties, if you have multiple drop touchdowns, if you have fumbles at the one-yard line. That's how the Texans win. Not this great offense of the Texans, not this J.J. Watt explosion. That's not how they're going to win. They cannot win that way. They can only win by you beating yourself, and if you look at the playoff history, that's easy for the Chiefs and Andy Reid to do. So they're not out of the woods yet by any means. But in terms of just talent on paper, the Chiefs are far and away the better team, And they've proven as such throughout the course of the regular season. This game should not even be close. And that's shown in the spread. But it's still the Chiefs and it's still the playoffs. And anything can happen. Last week the Saints were the better team in every area of the football team. At every position they were better. At head coach they were better. At coaching staff they were better. All the things I just said about the Chiefs. The Saints had that over the Vikings. And yet they still lost at home. As Almost two possession favorites. It's football. Anything can happen. So you've got to come out. You've got to get to Watson. And you've got to just score, score, score as much as you can. You can't afford a slow start in any game. It's a short recap because I think that that's as as basic as it gets. The Chiefs just cannot beat themselves. If they do their job and they do their things right, the Texans cannot beat them. Now, next week, if they play the Ravens, and they they advance this week, and the Ravens advance, and and both of them meet, the Chiefs need to do more than just their job. Because if they only do their job, they're going to be in a dogfight, and they might lose that game. 
But for this game right here in the divisional round, all you need to do is do your job. Don't come out flat. Don't do too much. Just do your job, protect the football, don't play sloppy, and play the way you know how to play. I don't think this Texans team can beat you. I think you can beat yourself. So I obviously have the Chiefs winning this game. I'm probably going to go with the Texans plus 9.5 due to the fact that the Chiefs have not proven that they can blow anyone out this year. They have not had that dominating win. Most games in the NFL are close. I'm going to have the Texans plus 10.5. Better to be safe than sorry there. But I think that the Chiefs do win this football game outright. So the other divisional matchups as we wrap up the show here. Vikings at 49ers. 49ers at home favored by 7 points. I still don't believe in Kirk Cousins. He had a mediocre game that ended up in a win. So people are praising him a lot this week. He has to travel now in a short week from East Coast to West Coast and play the number one seed in the in the NFC. However, I don't believe in the 49ers either. I don't think that the 49ers are good. I think that, that, that they are a little bit overhyped. I'm going to take the Vikings plus seven, but the 49ers to win. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can blow anyone out. I don't think Kirk Cousins will get blown out in this game, but I do think that he'll lose. Vikings plus seven. Ravens at Titans. Ravens, again, nine and a half point favorites, just like the Chiefs are. Give me the Titans plus nine and a half. I'll take the Ravens to win this football game with ease. A game that should go quickly. I mean, I think that this game will be over in like two hours. And I think that the scoreboard will reflect like 21 to 14. Something like that. Low scoring uh, and a lot of running. So give me the Ravens uh, to win the game. Give Give me the Titans to cover the spread nine and a half. And then lastly, Seahawks at Packers. Packers at home favored by four and a half. This is a tough line because the Seahawks will will never get blown out. The game will always be close. But four and a half is right on that borderline of a scary bet to place. I'm going to go with Seahawks plus four and a half here and the Packers to win outright. I think that the Seahawks cover, they lose by three Packers are victorious. And then that was set up, of course, Packers, 49ers in the NFC, Ravens, Chiefs in the AFC, 1-2 all the way around. Let me know your predictions for the divisional round. Let me know your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy, And let me know your keys to the game for Chiefs-Texans. We'll be back after the Texans game. Will we be happy or will we be depressed? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles next week. We'll have a full week of shows, win or lose. A lot of content coming out either way, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you all for joining me on the Arrowhead Podcast. I appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter again, at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Let me know what you think. And tune in next week as we recap the Texans game. Be good and be good to another and go Chiefs.